Hello and welcome to One Up Pod. I'm Becky, your host for this month, and I'm joined by Bash. Hello. Andy. Hello. And Chip. Hello. This month, uh, we're discussing the gothic superhero splendour of Batman Arkham Asylum. Do you really think you can win? but first how are we all how how is everyone doing what have we been up to bash i'm grand yeah i'm grand what have you been playing (laughs) well i've been playing about 10 games because i cannot stick to one i like to have several on the go it's too much to concentrate on just one but i think the game that has probably consumed me the most the last month has been Detroit Become Human, and I would be remiss to not mention that, even though I know we're planning potentially a future episode on Quantic Dream, but Jesus Christ, it's a fucking trash game that's amazing at the same time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, I love trash games that are also amazing. It's so unsubtle. Um, it has some really problematic elements with... Um, the female character in particular, she has double the amount of possible deaths of the two main male characters. Oh. Also, her storyline, because I've done the Platinum, so I've played it through its entirety three times in a row in quick succession. <laughs> uh, but her storyline makes no real difference to the rest of the game. I think she's literally just there for empathy. All of her chapters, they just don't relate until the very end where their stories converge and her chapters don't relate to what anyone else is doing. It's just really typical in a way. I think it's meant to be profound, but I think it's just been done. I feel like it was unintentional that she's ended up being just like a... Like a token almost. Yeah, it's just, you know, why is the woman character got to be the one and with a, with a child with her as well, uh, got to be the one that's, you know, there for the, there for the empathy. She hears the one that has all the really, truly grotesque stuff happen to her. And, yeah. 40 deaths. 40 possible deaths, I think <laughs> it is. It's like Jesus a lot. Christ. That is, that is a lot of death. Somewhere out there in the universe, David Cage knows that we're talking about his game and he just puts on a little record player and it plays Celebrate for about three hours and then goes and has his little cry wank in the shower. <laughs> <laughs> that's how I feel about his games. I mean, Just what, one long cry what I will one. say is that aside from Marcus being the most boring, revolutionary Ugh. activist, whatever, <laughs> that I've ever encountered in anything, I do love the partnership or potential partnership of uh, Hank and Connor. It's my sweet baby angel, Connor. I'm I'm very invested in their story. And I hated that I did the very good ending first and then the very bad ending is like them two hating each other and Hank kills Connor and then Hank kills himself and it's all really depressing and grim and yeah. No. Oh, the dark timeline. Yeah. I cried at the happy timeline and I cried at the sad timeline because they were both <laughs> very different but emotional experiences for me, uh, for their story. So you've been on quite the journey since we last recorded. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You could say that. And have you finished Bioshock? I have finished Bioshock, yes. It was fucking shit. (laughs) It wasn't shit. It was very good. (laughs) Most of fucking time. 
we got so many angry tweets about she hasn't even finished it. Oh my god, I can't believe you did an episode on it. No, we did really. She, she, can, she can read the Twitter account. She knows. <laughs> but it was good for our engagement. It was. Chip, what have you been up to? Uh, I have been playing the newest, latest, last Tomb Raider trilogy. Because uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider was free on uh, PSN last month, month before, whatever it was. Uh, and I really, I wanted to play those games again anyway because I realised I played the first two when they came out. I never played the third one, so this was a really great opportunity for me to finally do that. Uh, realised I had the second game on my PlayStation already, and the first one was uh, on sale in the store for a quid. So I ended up playing that entire trilogy for a pound, which nice. is great. I'll play anything for a pound. You heard it here first, folks. <laughs> Anything for a pound, Chip. That's what they call me. Uh, <laughs> so I've been making my way through those. I'm on Shadow right now. I'm about, I don't know, halfway through that. And uh, yeah, it's been a time. It's been a really fun time playing those games again and finding out about the new one. Because I think, well, if we do, I don't want to say too much because if we end up doing a Tomb Raider episode, I'm just going to end up repeating myself at some point. But I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the story that this Lara goes through from her origin to being this badass, murderous, warrior, Tomb Raiding expert. And I'm looking forward to finishing that up very soon. Nice. I love that trilogy so much. I, you've actually inspired me to start playing it again. Finally, I inspired someone to do something positive. Yeah, we'll, we'll chuck it up as a, as a win for Chip. Yeah, let's, yes. let's go with that. <laughs> Thank you. I'm keeping that. And Andy, what have you been up to? I've been playing a lot of different stuff, but uh, I think my main focus is uh, Valheim right now. The Viking survival simulator thing it's like the biggest thing on steam right now and i'm no good at it i'll just say that up front i've only (laughs) just worked out how to build second floors i died like about a hundred times in embarrassing ways i am really enjoying your stories that you tell us of all the ways you've died (laughs) um the campfire one that oh yeah yeah when i built a roof over my campfire and then suffocated on the smoke (laughs) I didn't know that's how it worked in this game. <laughs> how dare they use actual, like, real-life experience to inform Yeah, it, it's set in, like, Viking purgatory. I didn't think, like, smoke would be a problem there. <laughs> they didn't breathe back then, so... Yeah, I thought, I thought the beard would, like, filter out some of the smoke. <laughs> and I've had about ten different trees fall on my head whilst chopping them down. You do like realise you have to stand, like, the other side of the tree... To where they, they just they make their own mind up which way they're going. Okay, okay. Well, blame the trees. Sometimes they like bounce off another tree and fall back towards you. Like, no, why? <laughs> and this is why it sold like four million units in a month or something. Yeah, yeah. I, I found a giant like today. I did Ooh. not like that. I turned oh. around immediately and ran away. <laughs> I think that's a fair response. <laughs> and it followed me, and its little friends destroyed my cabin. Oh, I was just about to say, what if it was a friendly giant? No, it was a bad giant. Before I started recording the podcast, I had to fix my cabin, which took ages. I've seen some people building, like, fucking the, sh- the Tower of Sauron and stuff like that in the game, and I've, I'm proud of my little shack that's got, like, two floors on it now. <laughs> with, with no roof, because I don't know how to make roofs properly. Yeah, it's, it's a work in progress, you know. Yeah, Today, it's a fixer-upper. a roof. Next year, maybe a door. You never know. No, oh, I'm not. I'm not doing doors. Last time I built a door, I accidentally like barricaded myself in the house and I couldn't get out because <laughs> I died by the campfire. And then I was like spawned inside the house and I couldn't get back to my stuff, so I couldn't knock the wall down. 
this rule this world is like done i'm just gonna leave and start another one i'm, I'm never straight i'm never letting people watch me play this fucking hell <laughs> oh no but it'd be so entertaining get yeah, chip to get yeah, chip to buy it and i might play it with him chip i do need to i do need to buy it i do want to play it this the whole every day you come up with a new story for how you've died in a very comical fashion and it just makes me want to play the game more um so that is a that is a purchase that's going to happen soon excellent i really look forward to the shenanigans that will eventually ensue if you'll see if these streams are anything to go by oh, what do you mean we did really well on those it's a very interesting definition of really well you've are, are the vod's gone now so no one can check I'm, I'm going to do that right now. Be right back. <laughs> Segway? I don't know. Um, <laughs> Becky, how about you? How are you? What have you been doing? I am good, thank you. Um, I have just moved house, um, which I may have mentioned before, elsewhere. Um, so I haven't been playing much, but I've been sort of starting houses on The Sims, forgetting that I built them and then building new families. So I've just there's a lot of people running around in The Sims right now that I should probably look after for a bit. But yeah, so it's been very chill gaming and also finished playing Spider-Man, um, for which will be our next episode. Spoilers. Ooh. Exciting. So yeah, so finished off playing that. And yeah, it's been very nice chill time for gaming, which is good. But now I've got my brand new setup, there will be uh, more games to be had. So that's exciting too. Woo. Very exciting. Oh, I didn't mean to sound that sarcastic, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how that segment's going to end. Yeah, <laughs> excellent. Segway. Segway. <laughs> cool. So the game. Uh, so this month, as I mentioned, we are talking about Batman Arkham Asylum, which was released back in 2009 <sighs> and developed by... <laughs> You're right there, Chip. Are you feeling your age? I'm so old. <laughs> the passage of time. <laughs> uh, developed by Rocksteady, who are favourites of this podcast. Uh, we like Rocksteady. Um, as you've probably guessed, you play as Batman if you haven't played the game. Um, and the game starts with you escorting Joker into Arkham Asylum as your prisoner. But oh no, he escapes. Who could have thought? Um, and the inmates quite literally take over the asylum. So the rest of the game is you running around as Batman, encountering the rogues gallery and trying to take Arkham Island back from Joker, who's got his own dastardly plans, as he always does. The scoundrel. <laughs> the fiend. Uh, so to kick off, uh, I want to hear everyone's best I'm Batman voice, because I know we can't Fuck beat me. Kevin Conroy, but we should try. I thought you were joking about this. No, I was not joking about this. <laughs> you should know me well enough by now. I never joke about Batman voices. Yeah, I feel like Chip has an unfair advantage here. I am Batman, it's true. Yeah, He, he is Batman. He That's is why you never see him in the same place. Yeah. Cosplay Batman. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. so it's it's just the same like, thing. Bring this down it's to the reality. same thing. Just because the costume was made out of foam, it doesn't make me any less of a Batman. No, I think it definitely does. It would if you got shot. <laughs> yeah, so tip, you know, after all this build up, you're going to have to go first. Ah, shit. Okay, what, what do you want I feel to like say? he should go last, so, like, just in case he's good. No, but if he's good, like, we'll get him to edit out the rest of us, and it can just be Chip saying I'm <laughs> Batman four times. <laughs> hey, I said I was Batman, I never said I was a good Batman. <laughs> So, yeah, just I'm Batman, you know, the classic line, channel your inner Christian Bale. Okay, get George me some people on set to yell at. Okay, here we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm Batman! That's terrible. <laughs> Thank you. I like it. I do think I will get that gravelly when I do mine. I'm Batman. There we go. Nice, nice, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Andy. Uh, oh, God. <clears throat> I'm Batman! 
<laughs> Do you know what a Batman is? Yes, I've played the games. I know. I think that would actually be terrifying. <laughs> yeah, imagine him sweeping down from a rooftop and I'm Batman. <laughs> Don't leave me alone, please. Go on, Sasha. Bring it home. I'm Batman. Oh, I like it. It's like whispery. And a bit Lego Batman. And a bit jazz as well. <laughs> yeah, a bit jazz. A yeah, bit... Like, I imagined you doing jazz hands as you did that. A oh, well, nice. that's good because that is what I was doing. <laughs> jazz Batman. Jazz Batman. I'm, I'm here for it. Um, so at this point, I'm going to hand over to Andy because he has put together a very extensive, by the sounds of it, history of Batman in gaming and why Arkham Asylum is important um, in the timeline. So Andy, take it away in the Jazz Batman style. I'm not doing it in the Jazz Batman style. Oh, you should do it in the Jazz <laughs> Batman style, but okay. I'll that's, not my, that's not my gimmick. I'll do it in the normal. I'm not stealing off Sasha. <laughs> Yeah, it's not it's not that extensive. That's just I don't want people getting disappointed. <laughs> okay, right. Well, um, Batman's first video game outing was in 1986 on uh, Amstrad computers, MSX, and the Sinclair ZX Spectrum. And um, okay, I'm just going to ask you guys if you were trying to picture a Batman game in 1986, like what would it look like to you? Like a stick man with like two pointy bits on top of his head, and maybe a line to represent a cape. What do you think the fucking 1980s looked like? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't in them very long. <laughs> um, I was, yeah, I was going to say like boxy and like maybe side scroller style. Yeah, I mean, I would, I would say the same. Uh, well, weirdly enough, no, you were all wrong, especially Chip, the fucking idiot. <laughs> it, it, it was a isometric puzzle game, and it involved like a short, stocky Batman who would enter a screen and he had to make his way from one end to the other, avoiding uh, what could only really be described as angry shapes. <laughs> the, angry shapes. The, <laughs> yeah, like... there were no, there were no recognisable Batman villains. There were no like human muggers or anything. It was like blobs bouncing around and mouths with legs. So sounds it, like a Trump rally. It, <laughs> <laughs> basically, uh, maybe. Even Batman kind of looked like short and squat and like just like a, I don't even know how to describe it, like a Funko Pop that had been melted. (laughs) (laughs) Great. And yeah, like somehow this is still one of the best reviewed Batman games ever. Really? Like, I guess you have to take context into account. Like Mm -hmm. at this point in like time, Batman media was like almost non-existent. So people were just starved for Batman. So they were just willing to like swallow this spoonful of cold diarrhea and pretend it was chocolate pudding. <laughs> oh my god! You have like such a Trump a... rally. Oh god. Like a Trump rally. Well, if we had any Republicans after the last episode, I, I think they're probably yeah. Why? Now. <laughs> yeah, you why? just hate listening to us at this point. <laughs> a bunch of bleeding heart liberals. We are just so, like Batman. Yeah, that famous. <laughs> yeah, I think Batman's probably a Republican. Let's not go into that. Yeah, that that feels like a very thorny area of discussion. Let's go some. Let's go somewhere else with let's that. Just yeah, um, that. So yeah, after that, uh, there was Batman: The Cape Crusader, which came out on Amiga, Amstrad, CPC, Apple II, Commodore sixty four, uh, MS DOS computers, uh, the ZX Spectrum, and that actually looked more like a Batman game. Um, it had humans and like recognizable Batman locations, like street 
and sewer. <laughs> and uh, it was still shit, though. Like It had a nice little comic book panel gimmick, but that only really worked if you had an expensive computer at the time. And I had a ZX Spectrum, so it looked like absolute shit. <laughs> but at least it wasn't Angry Blobs. It was it was a step up, but yeah. yeah. After that, there was uh, 1989 hits, and obviously that's when uh, Tim Burton's Batman the Movie came out. Yes. And there were two games based on that that came out. There was a really bad one that came out on Amiga, Amstrad, Atari, Commodore 64, uh, MS-DOS, MSX, ZX Spectrum. Absolute shite, not worth talking about. And then there's the one that came out on the Nintendo Entertainment System, which yeah. is one of the best games ever made. Agreed. It's also oh, hard great. as fuck. It's yeah. like, it, yeah, other than the game we're talking about today, that's probably the best Batman game. Ooh. Yeah, I think so. High praise. After that, there was a long line of absolute shit related to Batman. There's a, <laughs> it's in a theme here. Yeah. Yeah. Batman's just not had a good time, basically. There was a lot of movie tie ins. Batman Returns alone got eight different games based on it on different systems. It's amazing the industry like could cope with like producing this many games based on one thing rather than just porting them to different systems. But there was also a really weird point and click game based on Batman Returns, which I tried like a week ago, and it's absolute trash. <laughs> we're, we we're one good game, right? That's the so tally far, so yeah. far. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and we're like what ten years in? Uh, we're about yeah about five years in, and it's trash. So mostly trash, but one great game. And there was obviously licenses for Batman the Animated Series and Batman Beyond, but they had a lot of mixed results. They either looked the part, but they like moved at the speed of erosion, or <laughs> they moved like a video game should, but they looked like they'd been drawn by somebody's forehead. <laughs> they, they, did not, they did not look like the iconic designs that you kind of associate with Batman the Animated Series. So you just kind of had to, you know... If you had, a, if you had an N64, you were fucked, basically. Oh, they, but they all in all really fairness, bad. everything on the N64 looked kind of bad. Yeah, no offence to N64 the, lovers. Yeah, yeah I mean, I loved time. the N64, but like, when 3D gaming first, you know, when it, it, like, yeah. it looks dodge, let's be honest. Yeah. It looks dodge. Like, just like blob blocks with like, the moved like people, almost. So yeah, there's, there's also um, Batman racing games, because everybody's favourite part about Batman is his ability <laughs> to beat people in a race. <laughs> There's a Batman educational games. You know, what, 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 what? Hang on. What? Batman educational games. What did, what did okay. they involve? Like solving puzzles and spelling and... Uh, Here's to, ca- to count how many parents you've got. Ooh. It's a very easy one to solve for him. And there was also a Batman game that was basically Pac-Man. Because you know, when you think of Batman, you think Pac-Man because the names are very similar. <laughs> I frequently get them mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> he also loves to eat ghosts, Batman. So it's a little known thing. It's covered in more in the 1980s, but he, he did love to eat ghosts. Uh, so basically, yeah, it was a really bad time until uh, Lego Batman came out. And then, like, finally, since the first time since 1989, we had a good Batman game. And it was yeah, Lego. we did. And nobody was expecting it. And that hit just a little bit before it was about half a year and a half before Arkham Asylum dropped. If we counted every Batman game that came out up until Arkham Asylum hit, there were thirty eight Batman games and two of them oh. were good. Oh that is not a good ratio. 
Yeah. It's not. But then that that eighteen months of these games that was two very perfect Batman games. Yeah. I'm I'm very much carrying still like my little picket every now and again gonna go down to wherever they made Lego games and just be like bring out the trilogy again. Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't you can't get the earlier two on like the newest generations of console and it upsets me greatly. So. I really like the idea of you just outside the offices, <laughs> the one person with a picket sign, like, release the trilogy! And then she's like, back oh, again. She's back, yeah, yeah she's back. TT Games. Close to blinds. It, I think. Well, maybe we could start the campaign here on this podcast. Like, just every now and again, drop it in at the end of an episode. Like, bring back the trilogy! And, yeah. Has- hashtag Lego Batman trilogy. Release the Lego Batman trilogy cut. Yeah, exactly. Oh, God, no, let's. That's, that's not. I can't. Look at the Snyder fans involved. No, please, they're, they're no. Productive. No. Yeah, it's um, it's developed by Traveller's Tales, so TT Games. Yes, yeah, so harass them. Yeah, and Warner <laughs> Brothers. It's obviously published by Warner Brothers, so yeah, Wait, they're used to being let's harassed. Let's use the word harass. Let's let's gently nudge and be nice. Andy, don't make me cut another one of your threats out of the podcast. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not the one making the threats here. I am just. Technically, Sasha isn't guiding. making a threat. She's just. I'm picketing. Picket. I'm 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 protesting. Peacefully. Yeah. I'm peacefully protesting. Pe- peacefully loitering. It's just you and your and your guitar singing outside their offices. Um, before anyone Sunday. says, I know you can get the Lego Batman trilogy on Steam. I don't want it on Steam. I want it on the PlayStation. <laughs> I love our preemptive commenters. Did, did you know you could get it on Steam? Is that what you've yes. got written on the written on the back of your picket sign? I know it's our Steam. <laughs> yes. I so I w- I didn't play Batman Arkham Asylum until probably a good like four or five years until after it came out. So I definitely missed the hype when it first landed. So I wanted to ask you guys like what was it like playing it for the first time for you guys and you know, your first impressions of the game, lasting impressions of the game? I remember driving home from work. It will have been Friday, and I went to Big Tesco near <laughs> Not big my house Tesco. at the, t- the the Big Tesco, and so like I literally picked it up on release day, went home and started playing it on Friday night, and I had finished it by Sunday morning. Um, oh wow! <laughs> and started it again <laughs> on that Sunday. So I think for me, there's a lot of Batman was the first comic book character i ever read like the first batman comics were the first comics i ever read the batman animated series like i grew up on that and on the 1989 tim burton film like i grew up on yeah. that and even the 60s batman like i feel like i've loved batman my entire life you know and like as a kid it's like that whole you know oh he's really cool and moody and he saves the day and then as you get older it's that thing of like he kind of can be whatever people read in him although i do think it's a really good litmus test for what people do read in him mm-hmm. as a character mm-hmm. you know whether he's you know spirit of gotham and that figure that fights for those that can't fight for themselves or whether he's a bit more of an arsehole <laughs> um <laughs> but the point being is that like I still own more Batman comics than anything else. I obviously, I love like the Lego Batman games and I have a lot of Batman stuff. And when this came out, it was that thing of, I think Andy kind of said like before that, the games before that had largely just been trash and just so exciting to pick this up. Like just from the cover, I remember being like, this looks like Batman. 
and then you start the game and it feels like Batman. I didn't even notice time going by when I was playing it. And I'm sure we're going to touch on it in a bit. It isn't a long game. But still, I think it was like the first game in a long time that I'd sat, put it on on Friday evening and like within 24 hours had finished it and was going back in to start again. Yeah, it is that kind of game, isn't it? That you just get lost in like immediately. I know that when I played it, replayed it for the podcast, I think I got through like the first half of the game really, really quick and was like, oh, I'm here. I should probably slow down because it's it's just that kind of like propulsive compels you along style game so when it came out um i was actually sort of gallivanting around the world like that kind of post-uni travels kind of thing um so i missed it when it was released and i got back to the country in 2010 uh and i dug my uh 360 out of my mum's loft and like within two days it got the the red ring (laughs) and i was really looking forward because there was all these video games i hadn't played in the years i'd been like uh out of the country so i had like a big list of things i wanted to do so as soon as I got a job and was earning money, the first thing I did was bought a new 360 because um, I was an Xbox man at that time. Xbox dickhead. Exactly. Yes, <laughs> I was. Um, and uh, I signed up to this video game rental place. As, I don't know. It was kind of old school in a way. It's kind of that, you know, that halfway stage between Blockbusters and Netflix where you could rent movies online and they send you the actual disc. Mm. I yeah. signed up to one of those for a gaming thing called, I think it was called Boomerang. Yeah, I I've, I've used Boomerang. I think they yeah. are. I think yeah. I've got, well, I'm not going to say what I've got of those still. Oh, no, <laughs> no, it's best not. <laughs> we don't want to get a one of the employees on the second episode. <laughs> I don't have anything of yours, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so my first uh, chance uh, to get to play it was when I rented it through that. Um, I don't think I played it in an entire weekend, but just absolutely blew my mind. I think... It looks so good for the time as well. Even when I went back and played it, because I played it um, last year, last summer, I went back and played uh, Asylum and City. Uh, so I didn't feel the need to play it again for the podcast because it was kind of fresh in my brain. But even looking back in now, it's like, compare that to something like the Ghostbusters remaster, which came out, I think, the same year or around about the same time. They're like chalk and cheese in the way they look. Arkham Asylum is so well presented. Mm. And it... You know when every sort of generation of games are like, well, the games are never going to look better than this. This is amazing. I really felt that with Arkham Asylum, just the way we're going to get into this more about the design of it. And that opening when you're carrying the Joker through and you're just walking with him and you get introduced to like Croc and all the the, the characters that you're going to meet as you go around the asylum. It just it blew my mind. It was so different and it felt so meaty and the combat was so great and everything about it just really grabbed me from the opening and uh yeah nothing has changed like going back and playing it now after what 12 years <laughs> i was so old um it, it still feels like a really great game in terms of the mechanics and stuff like that and it felt just as good playing it now as it did the first time around yeah that's definitely one of the things i noticed it was just how fresh it still feels like even though obviously in city the mechanics are developed even further and so many games have, have replicated those mechanics moving forward. It still feels like brand new when you're playing it, which for a game that, as you say, is however many years old. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, we can stop saying that. <laughs> um, a bit like we were saying with Bioshock last time, like it, it still feels up to date and contemporary, yes. and you know, and still really absorbing in a way that a lot of games on replay aren't. Andy, what about you? I think Arkham was the first time in a long time I'd actually really connected with Batman. I was like obviously old enough to remember 
when uh, Batman 1989 came out and how that just took over pop culture entirely. Like, because before that, Batman wasn't really a thing for a long, like, about 20 years, there was an absence of Batman in pop culture and it just hit like a meteorite. And ever since then, I've always liked Batman, but Arkham Asylum, like, brought it all back in full force. The entire trilogy sort of does this, but it was definitely establishing Asylum. It feels like the the ultimate Batman. Not uh, ultimate as in the best, but like it's the best summation of Batman. Mm, yeah, it, it like brings that. together all these different elements that make Batman great in different media, like the voice cast from the animated series. Yeah, design choices like there's bits of like Tim Burton and uh, David McKean and like uh, even Joel Schumacher in places, like just com- like cribbing from all these different places. The the score has a bit of Danny Elfman and a bit of a Hans Zimmer and no seal, but. You know, nobody's perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, and the story like brings together all these different elements from Batman's long history, and it's not afraid to get weird. Like a lot of Batman movies, try and keep things grounded and realistic. Mm. But like Batman: Arkham Asylum knows that Batman exists in a world where there's like the Justice League and the New Gods, and think things can get a bit weird. So it embraces more outlandish sci-fi concepts. So. Basically, everything I love about Batman, Arkham Asylum has. So it's, yeah, it was the best Batman game I've ever played. Easily. So the design and the aesthetic of it, we've obviously mentioned already. But I think, for me, I've always been a fan of, like, the gothic side of Batman more than anything else. Like, the Tim Burton 89 Batman is my favourite. I grew up watching that one. And I think Asylum... Like, like you said, it kind of captures that kind of gothic, macabre element, but also um, the Joel Schumacher kind of neon um, and the occasional like 60s silliness as well, because I haven't really read much of the Batman comics, but I've um, always followed Batman, like the animated series and in the films. And I think like that's part of the reason why it does feel like such a good Batman game, because there's so much attention to detail across the design and the aesthetic of the game to really make it feel like you're on Arkham Island, you're, you're in Gotham. Yeah, it's my favourite iteration of Batman as well, across all the comics, all the films, all the TV shows. Like, I, For me, this is the perfect Batman, because it takes all the best bits from those media mm. and kind of just like crams them together with this awesome gameplay mechanics and throw in the cast as well, which is the best Batman cast of, you know, there's, there's no argument for yeah, me that it's just the far. best Batman Agreed. cast. Yeah. And it just takes all these... And that's definitely the recipe. It's not just a great game. Like, it's a great design game. It's a great written game. It's a great looking game. And it's a great game game, <laughs> if that makes any sense whatsoever. Oh, yes, a game game. A game game. I, I, I'm a big fan of good game games. <laughs> <laughs> and about the opening, like Chip mentioned it earlier, like, that is a great way of bringing people into that world. You're you're actually playing it. It's not like a cutscene. Mm. It's like a... Half-Life did it many, many moons ago, doing the introduction that you, you move through and you're moving through the environment and you're experiencing it around you and you get you get a say in how much of that environment you're taking in. You can like, overhear conversations and note like the background details and it like tells you all this stuff about like the, the Blackgate prison fire and like how they're moving all these criminals in. All these little story elements are being weaved into the intro. Yes. And it's also like guiding you through these environments that you're going to re-experience again in a different context. 
because it took me a while to realize like when you're walking through that you're walking through the uh that first main like area where you can do your stealth work yes but you're approaching it in a different way before like the criminals take over and kind of change the the geography of the whole location and like you, you, you're taking it all in without even realizing you're taking it in yeah that's a really good point actually the fact that like the game sort of flips it on you after that introduction so you're sort of nice and settled and yes i'm batman i'm in i'm the one in control and then you have obviously the joker escaping and the the inmates escaping and the sort of the whole style of the game kind of shifts into that more kind of chaotic less rigid framework that you you have throughout the rest of the game really there's there's so many good parts in the intro uh like the uh, the weapon scan where like they're doing the scan of everybody and batman sets off the alarms yeah. Like, so you know batman's not fucking around he's 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 prepared for whatever joker's gonna do he's he's not an idiot and like in the intro of killer croc like you see the the uh, architecture like straining to like lift him up mm. like in the elevator so you know he's he means business as well Oh yeah, he's terrifying from the get-go. Like, obviously, we have his whole level, which we'll get into later. But like, just seeing him and how monstrous and huge he is. Oh yeah. Just straight away, you're like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to fight him later. And I'd forgotten about that bit in the game as well. That you see him briefly in this kind of like a crash, and it properly made me jump. I was like, oh, <laughs> well, this is going to prepare me for meeting you later on. One of the things you've already said it. Becky especially but the the architecture itself is so exaggerated in the most beautiful and also just extra gothic mm. way it is really extra <laughs> and and even that's even when you consider that you spend most of the game like indoors it's still again it's another one of those games kind of like Bioshock where it's very much set in its own sense of place I, I don't think you have to have like consumed that much Batman media to sort of have that picture in your mind anyway of mm. what a Batman environment would look like, even though it's Arkham Asylum. And, you know, the the having that grappling and gliding around, it feels perfectly where it should be in terms of look and style. Yeah. For for the game and for Batman and the the rogues gallery that's presented there. Certainly one of the things that stands out more and more every time you play it is because obviously the game takes place over one night, mm. which I think contributes to how quick it is. Yes, I would agree. One of the things that when you are like, you know, flapping around as Batman is... That's <laughs> what it's famous for. <laughs> flapping around. The best way to describe it. It's <laughs> like gliding serenely and then there's just Sasha's Batman like flapping like a bird. Flapping. <laughs> Pretty much. Look at my cape. <laughs> Look at my fancy cape. <laughs> Dramatic entrance. Swoosh. <laughs> Basically, that's point? like that's that's exactly how I play it. That's like <laughs> in my head. Um, What's the point in having a nice cape if you're not going to show it off? Well, it's exactly. <laughs> well, what I was going to say is, you do get the sense of time moving forward in the game, because. At the start, it's Arkham Asylum, and then, you know, like, the Joker's henchmen and the inmates start taking over, and everything starts to look increasingly more beaten up, and, you know, you get that sense of yeah. that it has been taken over. Mm. It doesn't look like... It look, starts to look less and less like a medical facility. And then Poison Ivy takes over the island. I know, again, we'll get into it, but it's more... I, I like how the aesthetic changes as you progress through the game from all the 
gothic architecture and the um it's kind of dour but it does look like a bit of a dodgy one but it does look like a medical facility <laughs> and as you're going through like it falls apart increasingly so yeah but yeah. i think that gives you a good time sense of time in it as well like it moves forward yeah there's, there's the uh, like the visitor center you throughout the game you're seeing like uh, joker's henchmen working on the visitor center like setting up for the finale mm. so like you've always got a sense of like things are progressing on the island whilst you're doing your work things are going on around you it's not just all you, you like everything's going on yeah, I really like as well how um, the attention to detail on Batman's costume as well. Yes. Oh, yes, The fact that yes. all the way through, like, it just gets slightly more, like, worn and torn. <laughs> the cape, like, gets holes in it. Um, it's hard to, harder to flap. Yeah, harder to flap. <laughs> <laughs> no error resistance. Um, that's always struck me as a really cool detail in the game, the fact that by the end of it, he looks like he's been through the, the wars throughout the night. Mm. And it's... It's a detail you wouldn't necessarily miss if it wasn't there, um, but it does just add to that kind of, as you say, that passage of time and that sense of progression that, you know, this guy hasn't been able to rest for very long. He's just sort of lurching from one fight to the next. And I also love that there's a random bat cave on Arkham Asylum. <laughs> That's one of my favourite details. <laughs> Arkham Island has a bat cave, and he's just he's, like he's always prepared. He's just like, well, you... yeah, Batman flaps everywhere, you know. <laughs> But it's just the way he's like, yeah, I just set it up just in case, as if he would predict like this exact situation happening. And it's like, yeah, I'll just. Well, isn't that isn't that the game. the prime Batman argument that Batman can face anyone and defeat anything as long as he's as yeah, long as, long as, as he's, he's got prep time. time. Yeah, as long as he's got a back cave. It's the most tedious fucking counter yeah. argument in any debate. Oh, it is hundred <laughs> percent. But that yeah, it it in spite of it's how not inaccurate ridiculous it seems it also makes sense for the character that he would have created like a bat cave on the off chance yeah. that there's like some sort of catastrophic breakout but do you not wonder yeah. if there's like bat caves all the way through the world now like there's one near metropolis for example oh, definitely or... he's I, definitely I, got I, bat caves I hope like, there is there's a whole network of just random like super tech caves <laughs> that no one ever goes in <laughs> absolutely batman happens to be like under a crisis going on when I moved into this house, I checked. That was the first thing I checked for. Was like, oh, are there any bat caves? Is, is in there here? a bat cave? Just, just want to know. Yeah. If you see a Batmobile leaving the garage, like, oh god, I didn't know I was sharing a garage with Batman. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> so obviously, one of the things we've mentioned already about the game is the strength of the mechanics, both sort of like the stealth and the combat. Um, and we've already talked about how the map like shifts and changes depending on what kind of scenario. Batman finds himself in. So before we get into like the nitty gritty of it, I really want to talk about the way that Batman opens doors. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I keep forgetting you were going to bring this up, and every time you say it, I get more confused. It's so like dull. Like every other movement in the game is like really swoopy and. What? Because he doesn't flap. Well, I don't them. know. It just not very dramatic, is it? You'd, you'd expect, think like, he would flap yeah, through a door. I would expect. Would you? You know, like would you, you know, in the two towers when Aragorn like opens the door dramatically and it's like I'm here. I always expect that of Batman, and he just sort of turns the handle and walks through the door, steps back a little bit yeah. so he didn't bump into it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what you want him to do. I just expect it to be more dramatic. It's Batman. I want him to. I want him to kick a fucking door down. Yeah. No, he's being stealthy though, isn't yeah, he? Time is of the yeah. essence. 
Isn't like would if Batman one of Batman's main gimmicks is that he can enter and exit rooms completely undetected. I feel like if he's just I don't, dramatically I don't care. kicking down kicking the doors, fucking door yeah, down. I'm here. I'm here to flap. Do you not see think seeing a man dresses about walking through a door isn't exactly low key in the first place though? But I don't know. No, I I've done like that many it's... times. <laughs> All right, cosplay Batman. <laughs> Just Batman will do fine. Thank you. Batman. <laughs> Batman dickhead. <laughs> I don't know. I just like every time I see that little cut animation, it just makes me laugh. It's just like so ordinary. And I just never expect Batman to be ordinary. At the very least, you think he'd like, like open it a crack and slip through. He just opens yeah. it all the way and walks in. Yeah, he's big and chunky. It's not even that. It's not even that stealthy. No, it's just he it's... lubed himself up so he can just slip through <laughs> the door. Do you... And even if he did that, that's not very dramatic. Still, is it? If he's just like, yeah, but it's still, yeah, but at least, it's still it, at least it, it fits the character. Like it fits the stealthy argument that you were making that you shouldn't kick the door down. Yeah, this isn't I even am not on board with this. <laughs> this isn't even stealthy. This is just him opening a door like I would. Yeah, I don't. I, don't I feel want like to open a door like an ordinary person. <laughs> I feel like I don't understand how he can open the door any differently. I <laughs> open it a crack and slip yeah. through, so nobody sees the door's been opened. Because someone's going to notice the door's been opened, like there'll be a draft or something. <laughs> Just Ooh, what was that? Like, oh, it's been a bit breezy. <laughs> yeah, that's a bit chilly. What was that? So you want Lads, him to actually kick the door here. in so they don't notice him? Is that <laughs> no, what you're saying? He's, he's, your he, argument he, for he's the either door got thing. to kick the door down or he's got to sneak in. He can't do it halfway. He can't just open a door like a man. Yeah. Like he's going into the fucking Asda or something. <laughs> but he is a man. No, he's, he's a, a Batman. Batman. No, he, he's the Batman. He's the Batman. He's supposed to be larger than... Yeah, like, but he's, he's not to be the doorman. But it's just no, a door so man would... dull. <laughs> Everything else This conversation game. is I, dull. I don't, I don't understand your, your confusion yeah. about the door. I'm really glad Andy's with me on this because it's... It, it, that's not necessarily a good thing for your argument. No, but... I'm not saying it is. I'm just like, glad I'm not on my own. There's de- a definite divide in there the pod is. on there this. <laughs> on one side are me and Sasha who are like, Batman goes through doors, we're okay with this. And then there's you guys who maybe need some therapy. I don't know, but I'm not sure what is happening with the door. No, Batman should therapy. open the doors differently. I just expect the animation to be a bit more Batman-y. I, no, I would yeah. love so, so we won that argument, for you I think. to yeah. like, snippet this. <laughs> And send it to Rocksteady, <laughs> to the developers of this game, <laughs> and just just ask them what their opinion is. And <laughs> I would love to if they've had this feedback they before. Need, like, is this... would... They need to patch that in, like a better dollar animation. I can, I can tell you, they haven't. I bet they have. I bet so. <laughs> no, no. I bet someone else has thought no. Batman opened doors weird. No, but I thought the argument is that he doesn't open doors weird because he opens them so no, he opens it, them it, weird. It's weird for, for, Batman, for Batman to yeah. do it normally. It's normal for is us. It oh, though? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird. So yeah, it's so weird to about be normal. stealth. <laughs> Segway. Yeah, stealth. <laughs> Segway. I've lost it now. <laughs> so yeah, stealth. Stealth. Uh, Gargoyles. Go. Why did you put it like that? I don't know. Are they in the same context? <laughs> yeah. Well, you stealth using the gargoyles. You do. I mean, I do anyway. That's true. Do you think when uh, they built Arkham Asylum, they were like, right, we're just going to put these gargoyles up here in case anyone needs to hide in the shadows for a bit? Well, gargoyles are traditionally Probably. outside, aren't they? So I, I do question like the design of 
like random gargoyles like in a medical. Do you think this is why Arkham Asylum didn't really work out? I think Amadeus Arkham was like incredibly extra though. Oh yeah, Yeah. for sure. And of course, it was originally Arkham Manor, wasn't it? So it wasn't actually. it wasn't originally an asylum. It's it yep. started out as just where you just this... built a normal house and they thought this looks kind yeah. of like a crazy person's place. So I'm gonna... here we go. <laughs> Why not? Yeah, I just think like I mean I love the gargoyles. Like my favorite um, moments in the games are where you can stealth around the environment to take out the henchmen. I love doing that. Um, it just makes me yeah. laugh. Like in the botanical gardens, it makes sense because like that's the outside in. But like yeah, just the it's when you're in the um, medical facility, um, where you before you go off into like the surgery and X-ray and stuff, and there's all these like beds lying around, and there's just Batman on a gargoyle like, sup? <laughs> Stop looking up. <laughs> yeah, please don't look up. I'm a gigantic man on a gargoyle. <laughs> the stealth mechanic is is great, and in completely unusually for me i do very much stealth as much as i possibly can i say that but the game we'll be talking about next month is i guess i do stealth as much as possible in that too um although it riffs a lot on this but um like i think one of the things that always made me giggle which isn't it's not quite on the same level as the doors i get it (laughs) but when he obviously strings up the henchman why like they can go a long time without fucking noticing. Like, yeah, it's just—it's like just one of the. It's one of my favorite things about it is you can take out practically an entire area through stealth because what they, I mean, they start to realize a little bit, but I just feel like in real life, surely if someone gets strung up from a gargoyle and their head has hit it or whatever, the noise of that, like, wouldn't you be alerted to that? I mean, obviously not, but it is a really strange... And the fact that you can just jump between gargoyles if you get spotted and eventually they go, ah, oh, well, I guess he's gone. <laughs> yeah, don't know where he's gone now. Could he possibly be I, I felt the, the draw from the door. He's definitely gone. <laughs> <laughs> he opened it weird, though. Why would he just walk through the door? Um... <laughs> no, 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 we're not getting back on that. But no, I like, like I think it's in um, the archive section of Arkham Manor when you're doing that bit and there's the, there's the two floors... So you've got the rails, like the um, the ironwork balconies around the side of the room, and then you've got the gargoyles above them, and like you think, like they're just gonna be like hanging out like a foot above your head, like surely they'd spot them like walking towards, like oh there's a random guy just oh no it's Fred, what are you doing there Fred like uh, but they just sort of carry on and I'm... well I mean you say that but there is the the fear mechanic in the stealth like that is the true. more you fuck with them the more jittery they get and the more like they'll they're likely to like panic and like fire in a random direction or stuff yeah that is true i suppose so, like it's like the initial like dangling henchman yeah you, you need to get to that point first but eventually they do start to get worried that you're somewhere yeah like ba- the batman begins game so sort of introduced that mechanic to begin with like which is one of the only good things that game did <laughs> And like, because obviously Batman Begins is all about fear, but mm. Arkham Asylum found like, found a way to like make it work more organically, so it felt like you were in more control of like building the fear, and you could detect the heartbeats and yeah, uh, know which guys are the most panicky, who are probably the easiest to pick off. So it, like it helped you uh, strategize your approach a lot more. So I, I really really like that. Uh, that whole approach to the stealth like makes you feel like your your actions have a bit more impact 
rather than just like knocking people out and that's mm. it yeah definitely and in all fairness i think with uh you know with henchmen you, they don't tend to pick the brightest sparks in the draw <laughs> that's not the right no. saying but you know what the i mean br- yeah. so <laughs> we love a not, not the sharpest <laughs> a lot not, of electricity in my drawers not the sharpest the sandwich at the picnic yeah. <laughs> so you know you can always forgive the henchmen in a way for being a bit dumb you know they're very much brawn over brains i can relate and in the later games like the ai does get a bit smarter with uh you know like the different methods they use to sort of you know they shoot down the inside gargoyles because they're like that shouldn't be inside we're going to shoot that down Mm. Um, and i like the way you can combine the gadgets with taking them down as well like you can like um disrupt their guns so they can't fire and then that gives you a few seconds to kind of take guys out as well so i think it was a i know we're not really talking about the other games but in terms of progression i like the way they kind of built upon that mechanic as the games went on yeah it laid a really good foundation as a mechanic and and same with the the combat mechanics as well they obviously become more refined in the later games and also the combat mechanics they obviously get developed further in city and i guess in night although i haven't played that much of night but uh, in city especially they sort of refine it but i love the simplicity of the combat in arkham asylum oh, oh before we do the combat I've, oh. I've got one more thing to say about the stealth oh oh yes i'm sorry yes i I, I really need to talk about Batman's knees. <laughs> Here we go again. A cup of coffee for a bit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're, they're doing just... doors and knees. <laughs> like, you, you look at how he crawls around everywhere. He's like just crouched on his knees, and he's he's not going slow. He's still going at a decent speed on his knees, crouched down, and like he goes through vents like that as well. Yes. Like, Fucking hell, man! What is wrong with you? Just crawl on your hands and knees. Nobody's there you're in an event <laughs> and you're wearing like i'm sorry but i feel seat. like if he crawled on his hands and knees the <laughs> argument you have over the doors would be the exact same like how weird would that look <laughs> be like, less weird on all fours no <laughs> that would look that would look okay you can crawl like prawn on his belly or something he's got just not don't do it on your knees christ how is he like if he had to sneak up on someone they'd be alerted to his presence straight away because his knees would sound like a bag of crisps being crushed by a brick <laughs> Maybe Bruce Wayne has had knee replacements, though. Maybe that's the secret. Like, he'd need he'd need a fuckload of knee replacements. He must yeah. have like a back cave full of them. <laughs> no, look, he can he can do a million squats. Yeah, his muscles are well trained for being in that position for a long time. Like it's believable. It's Batman. He does loads of squats, so he's fine. He can be in that. I feel like that's day. just beneficial to his ass. What about the cartilage in his knees? Like that gets worn away. He's he's doing that a lot. He's doing it a lot over the course of a night. And he must have been doing it a lot beforehand. <laughs> he's also getting shot and beaten up and bitten and thrown off buildings and flapping around. Like, you know, this, his job is quite I hazardous. Mean, I mean, I am concerned about all of his body parts, but I'm just saying his, he, he needs to take it easy <laughs> on up. his knees. Because, <laughs> fuck me. He's not like some he's, sort of 70-year-old like with arthritis. He's Batman. He's gonna be he a must have fuck, I bet he's got... Yeah. I bet his knees are like as bad as a 70-year-old after that night. There's no way that... Bruce Wayne does not develop arthritis after everything he does, especially on his knees. Then he'll open a door weirdly. <laughs> anyway, well, segue. On that note, <laughs> on, yeah. on to, segue. On to the, the other burden on bo- Batman's body. Combat. Boom. That was actually a good segue. That was really smooth. Well done, everyone. What is happening to us? <laughs> We're professional strems, not strems, pods. <laughs> <laughs> We were. Yep, yep, there we are. That's more like it. Cool. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. So the combat mechanics. So I, 
I love them. I'm I'm a button masher, and I feel like this game rewards the button masher for not necessarily being so pre- precise. Absolutely, yeah. It it makes it makes it look good, even if you're absolutely devoid of skill. Yes, which I'm pretty close to that when it comes to the combat stuff. I was trying to do one of the challenges um, where you have to do all the different combos and try and use different gadgets and stuff, and I think I scored like one variety bonus because I threw a batarang by accident. So. <laughs> that pretty much sums Oops. up my my combat experience i didn't even hit um, a henchman with it either it kind of like glanced off the side of the wall by his head so <laughs> oh well wasn't very successful <laughs> an attempt was made the combat in this is very well suited to my free form style of <laughs> gameplay i mean i mean it is it is called free flow combat so yeah it's yeah. pretty yeah pretty close i i i love learning all the different combinations of moves and like getting the you know as high a combo as i can with them it's this all feeds very much into like my kind of hyper fixation that i can get it's yeah it's it's so much fun just i even like how you can swoosh the uh um, the cape is like to confuse them. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. Like, like, that's my favorite one. Like, I'm just gonna flap at you, and now you are confused. <laughs> go, oh, I got a bit of wind in my eyes. Oh. <laughs> I breeze. Just watch how I go through this door. It will confuse you greatly. <laughs> my eyes are watering. Uh. Well, I was I was almost gonna disagree with you slightly there, Becky, when you said about the button mashing. But I guess the beauty of this is like. Oh no, I'm going to use the freeform. <laughs> you can freeform it to your own style yes. in that, like, I really like the counters and using all the different combos. Yeah. Like, you know, we were talking earlier about, like, what blew your mind when you first played it. And, like, you know, when you get into that real, like, you hit, like, the 60 combo or something when you've got loads of goons around you. Yeah. And just using all the different, like, the the, uh, the counters and the, the gadgets and everything all in unison. And it just looks, like, amazing. It's some of the best fight scenes I think I've seen in video games just because of that system. And it's so basic in a way. Like, you've got a counter button, and then you can do all these things to block, and then different enemies require different tactics and blocks and stuff like that. And you can just link it all together in this seamless kind of freeform flow. Um, and, yeah, I love that you can you can fix that style to your style as well. Yeah, because yeah. my highest combo was 15. <laughs> That's good. That's a good combo. Yeah, not sexy. Part of the combat that like I I appreciate is how its lineage uh, goes back to uh, Prince of Persia: The Sands of Time, and um, also and then on from that it was Assassin's Creed. The way it approached um, attacking people like multiple targets, like before that you'd have uh, if you had like a side-scrolling game like Double Dragon or something, you could only hit one person, and like someone else could come behind you and just beat the crap out of you whereas like prince of persia it introduced the, the ability to like move between targets like after one hit you could shift focus and hit somebody else it was um kind of written up because it was an, it's an old game it, the system wasn't perfect it was very uh clunky but like assassin's creed came along and that like made it a lot more reflexive like you didn't have to target you could just move your controller to strike in the right direction but it was still a little uh slow and um wasn't quite as uh, fluid as arkham's combat like it was allowed to be a bit more unrealistic kind of like untethered from being like believable so like it just moves at such a beautiful fluid pace and offers so much variety in how you attack 
and like the flow from target to target is just seamless it like it's just perfect like they, they took something they took a good idea and like they've just made it their own based on you can tell that by how many games have copied like Arkham Asylum specifically like uh, Marvel Spider-Man and uh, the Shadow of Mordor games mm. just and none of those games have actually really innovated that much from the basic idea of the free flow combat because it's just so good you can't really change it it's they, they hit the perfect final form basically you can add stuff but you can't you can't make that system better yeah i think the only way you can kind of not improve on it but if you can fit it to the character i mean we're gonna get into this when we talk about spider-man next month but if you kind of like batman's combat system is great and it works for batman and you know these other games especially spider-man they make that system work for that character and i think that's the only time it kind of feels it feels a little bit different but it definitely feels like it's been improved in that sense is yeah it's it's not just a carbon copy yeah i mean they change like the the animation styles and stuff to like make it feel more natural but the the meat and potato mechanics are very much in place the same thing it's just they've modified the presentation to feel natural for the characters that you're covering yeah it's that idea of the the foundation again so obviously we have a lot of the combat just in general as you're wandering around arkham you get set upon at various points but also we have the boss battles so at various points throughout the game i think the first one's bane isn't it uh who you encounter and then uh you have bane uh killer croc well we're not really counting him as a boss battle are we um but now we'll talk about him somewhere else poison ivy um who else have we got the titans in general like i think Mm. i think you fight a bunch like a couple of titans before you get to burn or maybe you fight one titan just to introduce you how it works and then you get more titans later on yeah and the burn battle is very much like a titan battle yes yeah like they've got that very rigid kind of boss battle structure for those kind of characters yeah so we had a question on twitter actually from um at liam the mason who said do you think the boss battles get a bad rap because the rest of the game is really well done or are they just not very good so i'm throwing that out to the gang I just don't think they're very good. <laughs> oh, the, the poison ivy, but the, the poison ivy one is good. Yeah, but I really the like rest, the poison ivy. One. I don't, I don't like the rest of the boss battles. I, they're repetitive, especially the Joker one at the end. Just doesn't match, like doesn't fit the character. It just feels like they kind of forced the Joker into that template, mm. and like it's it's just not very inspiring when you consider how many other things the game does so well. The combat, the, the boss battles are way too copy and paste for me. Other than Poison Ivy, that one really, that one was actually really inventive. Yeah, and I really like the Poison Ivy one as well because it's um, like you have so many different elements to deal with. You have like fighting henchmen, but also you've got the vines that come out the ground, like she's shooting things yeah. at you. There's the shield, so it, there's a lot going on. Whereas with Bane, you're like you're right. It's just throw a batarang, wait for him to slow down. And we'll go again. <laughs> and it's not yeah. very interesting compared with the rest of the combat in the game. Yeah, no, I can I can see that. Possibly this is where I look possibly through red-tinted glasses, so to speak, because I do just love the game. Just generally, I you know, the, they, they're repetitive of the boss battles, but then so are a lot of games, especially Metroidvania-type games, which this obviously is. At least I find when you get like a boss battle that can be a bit repetitive. And I think the other thing you kind of said is 
there aren't actually that many in this when you think about it because some of the other interactions with some of the other rogues they're not really boss battles they're just mm. way more interesting ways of dealing with that particular character i i do think the final battle with joker was a bit of a letdown but the rest of it sort of still fit for me and i think with the the repetitive nature it sort of it helps it helps me formulate like how to do it if that makes sense like as in i don't think any of them hugely outstayed their welcome in terms of being boss battles like you know they is it, is it like about three hits with each one yeah generally speaking three rounds or whatever you want to call it so i just found i got into my rhythm with it yeah i think i can see both sides because i think for me it suits me having a system to conform to so okay this is how i deal with this character and this character is similar to that character so you know i just go about the same process but i think because the combat and the general sort of mechanics in the rest of the game are so great they do they it just feels like a bit of a step back compared to how revolutionary the rest of the game feels i think it's probably where i'm coming from if that makes sense yeah like the sequel i think the sequels did a much better well arkham city especially did a much better job of like tailoring each boss encounter to that character Mm. rather than just like repeating the same formula but then like one of the only nice things i can really say about arkham origins is every boss battle felt unique so like it kept you on your toes which is what i really want from that's like i mean personally that's what i want from a boss battle I need to like feel like I'm coming into like over my head sort of thing and have to overcome the the odds. Yeah. And I, I eventually with the Titan battles I just I it, I did get into a rhythm but it meant I disengaged from like the moment. I was just kind of on autopilot which wasn't great for me. What about you Chip? I think honestly it's never really been a problem for me. Um until we got this question in I re- I wasn't really aware that there was a kind of a you know, people that didn't like the boss battles. Um, for me, there's nothing particularly stand out about them, which in a way, like, I think there's pros and cons to that, and that's there's no kind of kind of iconic uh, boss battle in that, maybe with the exception of the Poison Ivy one. But also, I think it helps almost tie the flow of the game together as one. Like, it's not sort of like, okay, you do this level, and then there's a boss battle, or you do this level, then there's a boss battle at the end of it. It's just kind of all-encompassing, all one <laughs> freeform <laughs> thing that takes place. Like, I need to get off saying that. I yeah I never had an issue with it I think um you know the idea of kind of repeating that pattern is quite an old school kind of gaming thing anyway you know you learn what the boss does you avoid that you work out how you're gonna damage them you do that three times which is the magic number in gaming and then you win um so while there's nothing really stand out it's never it's never something I've kind of thought oh that was kind of a letdown you know a weak point of the game yeah I I'm I'm with I'm with you Chip but I think like you know I was also as yeah, I didn't know that there was a, a section of, you know, the internet, I guess, or, you know, even outside of that, that felt that the boss battles sucked as such. But I guess because I'd never really considered it. I don't necessarily even think of them as other than like Poison Ivy and you've got the Titan Joker. They don't, the other, you know, and Bane and then it, everything's Titans, really, for the most part. Mm. But yeah, there's Poison Ivy, but like, Killer Croc and Scarecrow, they don't really play like boss battles, but they stand out. Yeah, they do. So I th- yes. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, def- I wasn't including those in the yeah, boss Yeah, no, no. I, it, and I guess it depends on, again, if if you do or don't include those anyway. I never really thought that it was to its 
detriment as such. It never stood out to me as being really bad. They just never stood out to me. Oh, the yeah, Titan not- stuff never stood out to me as being really great either. It just felt like kicking butt as Batman <laughs> all the way yeah, along. Flapping. That gets that gets increasingly more difficult as you get through, but only because of volume uh, generally of mm. you know yeah. henchmen. They're not bad. Like it's just they're not. They don't feel like a a payoff. Like a boss battle feels like it should be like a crescendo. Whereas this, mm. these feel just like. Like Chip said, it's more of a, a flaw, which that's just like my personal preference for boss battles should be. This is the big, this is the big explosion of action. Like then you kind of dip back down and get back into the groove again. At least there's nothing as disappointing as Arkham Knight and how that ends. Oh, I'm not. Ta- that's awful. No, we're not talking about fucking <laughs> Arkham Knight. No, I know, but just like in terms of like you know boss battles that are let down. No spoilers. The fucking end boss of that game. No spoilers. Is is. May or may not be very good. <laughs> no, I've there's there. a reason that I've not finished that game, Mike, because I find it uh, highly unplayable. Tedious. Yeah. Ar- Arkham City's got a lot of good boss battles. Yeah, I love the boss yes. battles in Arkham City. I think they really force you to assess um, more so than the the Titan battles in Asylum. I think you know when you think of like fighting Doctor Freeze or um, Hugo Strange, they're really cool ways of of like you've like Andy said they're sort of more tied into the character that you're fighting as opposed to just being a boss battle which makes the difference it's the creamy middle of the games for boss battles the what i don't the like the creamy that. middle oh, okay no. i thought that's what you said and i was hoping it would be something different. you're the editor so you won't even cut that bit out that's the problem here <laughs> speaking of boss battles there there's one sort of main niggle i have with this game that i've always had but isn't the doors there isn't the doors the, d- okay. the doors is, is more of a fascination rather than a niggle. Um, <laughs> but so one of the one of the characters is obviously Harley Quinn, and for the sort of first half of the game, she's kind of she's almost like the secondary antagonist. You know, you're the one trying to find her because she's got hold of first she has Gordon and then she has the the warden, doesn't she? Yeah. And for me, it always feels like you're building up to a big battle with Harley, which would be really cool. And then you end up just fighting a bunch of henchmen on an electronic floor while she kind of trolls you in the background. And also the way the game treats her is kind of like a... she. There's one line that I always... Every time I hear it in this game, it's like... Arr! It's when Batman says, Harley never was that bright. And I'm like, she has a PhD, dude. Like, <laughs> they're really hard to get. Like, they don't just hand them out like candy. And I think the game yeah. diminishes, they sort of, it builds her up to be a, an antagonist and to be um, one of the foes you faced and then just doesn't do anything with her. And obviously she's become such a popular character since and, you know, she was gaining in popularity at the time. Um, but I just wanted to know how you guys feel about Harley in the game and like, you know, I feel like she should have got a boss battle, like she was ready for it and they just sort of left her. Can I ask you like a devil's advocate kind of question? Because I agree with you completely um, and everything you said. Um, but do you feel like Harley was, wasn't as well represented in any of the media? Or as, as kind of we wanted her to be represented up until that point anyway? So they the game just didn't do the thing of kind of, uh, you know, pushing her to that level. Yeah, I can see that for sure. Um, and I think that it probably is the case that she wasn't quite as well known or as popular widely as she probably is now 
But also I think like the game itself kind of contradicts itself in what it's doing with her. So, you know, with having mm, her yeah. as, you know, you're chasing her, you're following her around. Um, and when you think like for Killer Croc, you go into his lair and you have to face him, sort of. Or Yeah, it's a whole encounter. Yeah, it's a, it's, it, not... it's not just she's in a room while you fight a bunch of dudes and she controls what floor you're on. Then you, you just dump her in a cell like that. She's no threat at all. Yeah, and, and the, it never treats her like a physical threat. And the fight with her is a cutscene. Yeah, and I think it the, the game contradicts itself in what it's doing with Harley, rather than if you even if you ignore all the other media and what she's come to represent as a character around the game. I think the game itself doesn't know what to do with her. Well, I was going to say I think one of the things that I find interesting because I thought about it more certainly since you you know we spoke about it briefly before Becky you and I. First thing to consider would obviously be that Harley Quinn, I mean, she didn't even have her own title comics at the time. So she certainly mm. wasn't, didn't have like that autonomous personality that she does now in the comics. And she absolutely is one of my favourite comic book characters currently in in the DC slit from a comics perspective um, and has been for a couple of years. She was very much attached to Joker at the time. I do think that the game brought her into the forefront of pop culture generally because of the new design that they gave her mm. that was different to the animated series because of course she was introduced in the animated series rather than in the comics so she was, it was one of the characters that was the other way around i think it's yeah they don't know what to do with her i do wonder how much of it though as well was so the only other boss battle you have with a female character is poison ivy and it's at mm. a, it's very much at a distance um whereas with harley you could have only done it as a physical combat and you have to wonder how much of that was just did the developers maybe not know how to approach having batman beat up harley quinn mm. and you yeah. playing batman at the time um yeah. so i wonder if that's where that contradiction comes from because i do think that yeah she absolutely is a secondary antagonist and she very much drives the first half of the game forward um your interactions are more with her than with the joker but there is that bit of the flip side of that coin is that you play as Batman beating Harley Quinn up when she 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 would be a physical threat in the sense of because she's very acrobatic. But I think it's, you know, it's been proven time and time and time again, even currently in the comics is that and in, in the new animated series that she has and things like that, that, you know, Batman obviously is still physically more powerful. He just is. Mm. unfortunately yeah well, they, could, they could have designed a level like a, a boss battle where they don't have to get physical like they did with um, poison ivy there the, the would have been a way to do it where she was at a distance but still there would have been danger. but i think it would have been a lot harder because of the type of character that she is and that's just me i'm not necessarily defending it i'm just coming at it from maybe a different perspective of you know part maybe not wanting to do that no i, I think it's a really interesting point um and I do think it's something that a lot of superhero stories have to contend with when there is a male hero versus a female antagonist and vice versa as well. Um, I, I think it's it's just a shame because they, they sort of, they go so far and just kind of fall at the last hurdle. And obviously, they, yeah. they're, they're, I mean, female representation in games anyway is a whole other topic and one we're not going to get into now because we'll be here forever. But it, just, it was just interesting to me that it's it's the one thing that they don't quite seem to be able to solve 
mm. in the in the story. How did you feel about the uh, DLC in City? I still haven't done it. <laughs> okay, okay, because that, um, that's yeah. one. <laughs> well, one of the things I was going to say is that she does get her DLC as she's more of a threat yeah. in that. I, obviously, I'm not going to spoil it for you for when you get to it, but she, you know, but then it's a Robin DLC rather than a Batman one. So I think that's you know it kind of pits the sidekick against the sidekick in that kind of universe mm. you know but um i think they they do it a, it's not perfect but they do do it a, she is more of a threat in that at okay. least yeah i i will get there yeah in arkham knight like harley's got a bit more of a, her own like driving agenda because obviously uh, she's on her own at that point but like even then you still don't get a boss battle she's just a more strong presence throughout the story it's just that the story is largely a complete fucking mess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's rag on night some more. I enjoy that. <laughs> yeah. And just on the Harley Quinn thing as well, I just want to say that Arlene Sorkin is amazing and like the character or the way she brings that character to mm. life is like just amazing from the animated series to the game. She is absolutely brilliant. Mm. Agreed. Absolutely. Yeah, and, it, and I think that's that's further emphasises that the kind of disappointment i think from my side but yeah because it was written by one of the uh animated series creators wasn't it yep yeah so and like obviously carly quinn's their creation so i it was just a little disappointing that they didn't find more to do with it but it might have been a call from the developers or something that they didn't want to use her too much yeah it did, and, and i think sasha's right as well the optics of it will definitely have come into play yeah intergender violence would be a bit yeah especially given considering how big batman is in this yeah. game he's gigantic yeah <laughs> it wouldn't look very nice it's it's probably more fair for him just to like grab her and like throw her across the room than like having him because the, the way he punches people it like yeah if he punched me like that my soul would just evaporate out of my body like, <laughs> I'd be, I'd he is just, a large boy i'd just like he's crumple large. to the ground like just a pile of flesh <laughs> chunky batman and just on your just on your little way you said about how he says that Harley isn't very bright, aside from the fact that someone said something similar about me recently, um, oh. about not being bright. Don't, don't be bri- don't be bringing <laughs> fall guys talking. Oh, I'm oh, not bringing fall guys. I no, but what I would say is that um, she has always had that interesting. I can't think of the right word. Maybe it's dichotomy, but that she's extremely intelligent, but also. And it's 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 a weird character to relate to, I will say that <laughs> that <laughs> the idea of you know that you know generally speaking you know obviously like I say to get a PhD she she's hella smart, but she does completely fall for the Joker's BS. And just to, just to praise Birds of Prey for a second because I adore that film, but one of my favorite mm-hmm. aspects of it was how she just snap into psychologist mode and she diagnosed people as she was talking to them. I really <laughs> loved that detail. That was a really fun detail. I will say, like, and Batman saying she's not that smart. I felt that that kind of fits Batman's character. He probably read a couple of books on psychology, <laughs> and now he just thinks he knows more. So he's Batman's Batman is sexist. Batman Batman's planning. <laughs> so obviously we've spent quite a bit of time on Harley now, and we've already mentioned Killer Croc and Scarecrow. So I think now's the time to delve into how the game uses the Rogues Gallery, um, and what we think about that. Because um, the Scarecrow levels are really, really cool. I think they're one of my favourite aspects of the oh, game. God. I'm terrible at them, and 
for some reason, like whenever I want Batman to crouch, he just doesn't. So I get spotted a lot. But his knees are playing up, you know. He's been yeah, it's the time. <laughs> the, ca- the cannon backs me up here. <laughs> so yeah, how how does everyone else feel about Scarecrow? I, I loved how they used him. Um, um, not necessarily the Scarecrow levels. I mean, I did enjoy them. and They were really well designed. I just liked the way they used scarecrow to like tell the story in different ways mm. like how they let you explore batman's psyche like the part where he's walking down the corridor and suddenly it starts shifting into the the alleyway mm. and you start to it's yes. an inventive way to like explore uh batman's survivor's guilt and all the things that are constantly playing on his mind that he tries to kind of push down in order to be batman but it's always there driving him and it's something you can't really do in a game unless you're doing like flashbacks or a really inorganic like monologue mm. it's like a nice visual way to tell batman's story and it fits the character of scarecrow yeah and it's only it's the sort of the strongest bit of character work in the game as well you don't really delve into the yeah. bruce wayne side of things much outside of the scarecrow um moments yeah it's it like humanizes batman but like without having to br- take a break from the story that's being told it's a nice way of like letting you in on Batman and Bruce Wayne without like veering off like course completely. Can we also just shout out very briefly how fucking scary it is when you first enter the first Scarecrow level? Like, oh, just what yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> oh man! Like talk about heebie-jeebies. Yeah, the first time you play that game and you have no idea what the Scarecrow levels even are. <laughs> Stepping into that, it's one of the um mortuaries isn't it i think it's the morgue it's yeah the first one. yeah 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 oh yeah. god yeah because the there's the body bags on the um on the gurneys mm, yeah mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like the whole time i was stepping through it and i'm like oh this is giving me like real bad vibes like <laughs> <laughs> even when you know it's coming as well like even replaying it it still got me i was still like oh I'm, I, this is really creepy i have pooped my <laughs> pants again and i know it's happening yep it's rough it's great. It's great. They're great levels. I, I, I'm with you, Becky. I, I love them. But I find that whenever I replay it now, I, I'm entering really slowly because I'm like, oh, yeah. I, you know when they're, <laughs> oh, we're I, here. Like, with the scarecrow levels, like you know when they're hitting. And I remember walking for the corridor one, like starting to walk down the corridor and just being like, oh, do I have to? Like this is horrible. <laughs> because it and it's it's when the game really embraces the horror element of it, like. The rest is kind of mm, that sort of low-key gothic horror where it's not very scary, it's just all a bit grim. Um, but the Scarecrow level's really like, no, we're going to ramp up the sound design, we're going we're gonna to make this guy scream in your ear, and yeah, and we'll do all the like lots of nice corpses reanimating themselves and mortuary doors flapping. It, yeah, scary. Don't like them. Always comes back to the doors, doesn't it? Always comes back to the doors. I just got a door thing, all right? Yeah. Do the corpses open the doors weird or No, they don't open the doors, Chip. They're dead. Why would a oh, dead now you've got common sense about it? That's just daft. Another different kind of scary with the scarecrow things is the, the glitch mm. where like it, the game feel looks like it's crashed and then suddenly you're back at the start of the game. I remember that oh, first time it yes. happened to me. I freaked out. I thought, oh no, what's happened in the game? <laughs> and then I no- noticed everything had gone, like changed and then it replays the opening. But mm. your Joker and you're following mm. 
Batman being taken at the asylum. I absolutely love that, even if it gave me a heart attack the first time it happened. <laughs> it's like they're two sides <laughs> of the same coin, everyone. It's like, fuck no, what's happened? I'm not playing all this all over again. <laughs> not quite, it's not quite as scary as Killer Croc, but... Nice segue. Yeah. It's a, it's a different kind of scary. Yeah, like heart in your mouth, terrified. Oh my God, I'm going to die scary. I hate the Killer Croc level. Yeah. 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 It's, that's the scary I'm not great at, as you guys know. Like the panic really mm. does set in at that point. You you've got panic. Have reaction oh. times. You're so calm under <laughs> no. pressure, Chip. <laughs> Thank you. And I am Batman. Mm-hmm. So. Cosplay Batman. <laughs> but I feel like... Even yeah, even the even non-cosplay Batman, I think, shit himself doing that. Yeah, <laughs> it's a really cool mechanic though as well because there's um the heart rate. No, it's not the heart rate. It's the um. It's the um ripples on the water. Yeah, as you're walking. Yes. Yeah, it's really clever. Horrible, but really clever. I got <laughs> I got lost playing it as well. Oh no! You know, like when you get to the crossroad, the the like the little junctions, and it's like you can go left or right to get back to wherever yeah. it is you need to go. And I'm like, I can't remember because uh, I <laughs> do. I I feel like Chip and I are on a very similar level with panic <laughs> and scary game things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just yes. fly into blind panic in those levels, after, and I'm like, oh, it's gonna get me! It's gonna get me! And like, which is good because I just freeze, so it, it balances out nicely. <laughs> so as long as you're just together like, when you're both scared, med. like it might work. Yeah, maybe. No, we've we've yeah. played enough phasmophobia to know it doesn't work. <laughs> I think the thing, like I love, well, I say love, I begrudgingly like about the killer croc levels is the way they use the sound design for letting obviously you've got the the sound vibrations of the water, but also like the noise of him coming up out of the the water like and trying to work out where he's coming from oh, and you're God. like i can hear him i can't see him where is it oh i'm dead okay you, you immediately <laughs> prepare your uh, batarang oh here we fucking go yeah, here it is here, and the, the way they use the music as come well. at me you big dickhead let's go <laughs> am i remembering there's two is there two killer croc levels or is it just the one no, no it's just it's the one just, it's just, just really one. long it, it's it's a long yeah, one it yeah it just feels like it goes on forever yeah because yeah. you have to do that sort of walk slow don't you across the panels so you mm. don't like disturb and then, them and yeah. that just like draws it yeah. out even yeah. more then the, the last the second section is when you're running away from him and like everything's exploding behind you and like you have to make sure you don't fuck up a turn or anything like that yeah so it's kind of mm. split into two different phases and you're collecting the pl- sort of the like plants. a boss battle you're collecting the plants for the anti-titan serum i think yeah the, the, the very inventively named anti-titan yeah serum. that one <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah so that bit like i remember because you've got that that little like test tube where it fills up with all the samples that you're collecting, and I remember it getting really near the top and being like, "Oh my god, I'm done!" And then it's like one more. I'm like, "No, no, <laughs> I want this to be over." I like the the killer croc section like works really well for me because, like we say, it fits the context of the character. It encourages stealth rather than combat. It's like a, it's testing a different part of the game. And like the the other boss battles are all about combat mm. and testing how well you how good you are at that system. So Color Croc's a good way of doing that with uh with stealth. Kinda like the uh the Victor Zaz encounters, mm. which aren't quite as like involved, but they're still testing how good you are at sneaking around. It flips that fear dynamic as well that we were talking about earlier with the stealth things where you're yeah. terrorizing the henchmen, but 
in this one it's very much that like you're the one panicking you're the one like, terrified batman's probably very calm i say not the way i played him <laughs> he was screaming as he was running away <laughs> alfred help me <laughs> I think the only one we haven't actually mentioned at all throughout this whole thing so far is the Riddler Ugh. and his many, that many prick. trophies. <laughs> uh, why must you taught me with the eight I haven't yeah, got? Yeah, I'm missing eight as well and I don't know where they are and it's Ugh. really annoying me. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we complain, but it, it is a brilliant part component of the game. Yeah, I... like, it's one of my favourite, as far as world building and things like that go, it's like a really nice way of adding that extra layer to the game without breaking the reality of the game yeah i really love the easter eggs that you pick up for the the riddles solving yeah. the riddles where you find like two faces cell um and scarecrow secret plans um and then my favorite is clayface i love seeing... oh, I love like, the first time i saw that i could not work out what was going on because I, I realized it was clayface but i was like what what is it like why is this happening and then realized it was part of the riddle but i just stood there like looking at this guy like, what, what is going on? I like how that used the uh, the detective mode vision. When if you t- turn to that, you just see there's no skeleton yes. inside the guy. Like it kind of flipped what you were used to with that type of that mechanic. Yeah. So, oh, oh, there's no skeleton. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he's made of clay. Obviously. I feel sorry for him though, because he's like the only one who didn't get out. <laughs> like he's, he's not invited. Yeah, he's just sort of sat there like, <laughs> so, all right, I'll just change shapes for a bit. I'll, you know, I'll make my own fun. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Clayface. <laughs> I feel like if you were Clayface, that is what you'd do, though, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I'd do it all the time. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd just try and unnerve people, like, you know, the, the duck soup sequence? <laughs> like, just try and do that with someone. <laughs> that would be great fun. I mean, I'd try that, but I'd still be out of, like, sync with them. Like, oh, I'm not doing this well. <laughs> yeah, but half the fun. <laughs> I'd try and see if I can make a pot out of myself. <laughs> of course, of course yeah, you would. Yeah, none of that surprises me. <laughs> Doing the like, you're gonna you're gonna climb into yourself. a kiln and then try and like. <laughs> you know, sorry, I've got a very peculiar image in my head now. If Chip is a cup, the... is it me? But made out of pots. No, but it's the ghost scene that Patrick Swayze doing more <laughs> with the Unchained Melody. <laughs> I, I don't volunteer Wait. to do this. Oh to no! Chip. <laughs> Wait, does hang on though? Who is Patrick Swayze in this scenario? I'm not. I don't Patrick know. Swayze. I feel like I'm more of a Demi Moore. <laughs> To be honest, <laughs> I've often thought that about you. I know. I, I give off that energy, and I'm just spinning around, going, "Well, this is awkward." <laughs> it's just me on my own. Like I'm, I'm, I'm Patrick Swayze. I'm Demi Moore, just vibing with myself, and Chips just feeling very uncomfortable for the entire thing. Getting dizzy. <laughs> so, please, please, please stop! Please stop! I've, I, I've changed oh, my mind. Four I don't, hands on me. I don't want to be a pot anymore. Dead. Not gonna be a pot. <laughs> I don't think the pot is the uh, the the focus of that scene. Um, it is. Not, it, it, well, look, it is to me. It's my it's my motivation. I feel like I don't know what pot, you're talking about. I feel like what? the pot is very much the focus of that scene. I mean, you brought you brought up the fucking pot. So it's on you. <laughs> that this is happening now. Yeah, this is not, what that I'm being felt up by a dead man. Not to victim blame, but yeah, <laughs> victim. You did you did bring this up. I'm just an innocent lump of clay. <laughs> I mean, you are squandering a, an incredible power. So I just want to be a pot. <laughs> and today I'll you be You can be anybody house. you want. I'm going to be a blob of clay. 
Before we get too off topic, <laughs> um, too late. I, I wanted... <laughs> oh god, I, just, I, can't, I can't even cut all this out. Uh, Not really, because you brought was... it up. Yeah. <laughs> I just said I wanted to see if I could be a pot, and then it went. Places. It was always going to go places. You know what we're like. Yeah. Well, <laughs> to, to, to rope it back, to lasso it back <laughs> in, I, the, with the Riddler trophies, and say I agree with you guys. Like I love them and I hate them at the same time. And there was one trophy, and I think I think this is City, so it's not really on topic, but more so than Demi Moore feeling up a pot. Um, there was one trophy. I was playing, <laughs> I was playing the game with a friend, and we were just sort of milling about trying to get as many of the trophies as we could. And we literally spent six hours on one Riddler is it trophy. The pipe one? Yeah, with the remote controlled mm. battering. And we try, and I don't know, you know, when you just get into that zone where you're like, I have mm. to do this. I can't look myself in the eye in the mirror if I don't do this. Yeah. And when we eventually did it, because it's one of those ones where you have to throw it. You have to hit some electricity, then swing it back, then get it through a pipe. And then because the controls are weirdly inverted as well, and it just throws you off at the last second. When I finally got that trophy, I flopped to the floor. I crawled through his flat into the bathroom and crawled into the bath and just (laughs) laid there like I was just done. It was like, this is where I live now. I've achieved what I need to achieve in this lifetime. And it's over. Thank you for that insight into your personal trials, <laughs> yeah. I guess. Well, it's either that or be a pot. <laughs> neither, neither. Both seem to be something you should be bringing up to prof- a professional. But. <laughs> yeah, as a reminder. If anything's come out of this podcast is the the, the, the amount of personal help yes, you will need. agreed. We did have a, um, a question on the Riddler trophies. So from friend of the podcast, Andrew Fox McKay, otherwise known as Foxy. When Redler just leaves a trophy somewhere with no challenge required to access it, what's going through his head? He's just phoning it in, isn't he, really? <laughs> so, oh, I've done so much fucking work in this place for no apparent reason. Oh, I'll just put it in. I like to think he's just run out of budget because there's some really elaborate ones that he must yeah. have spent a lot of time and money on. He's like, fuck it, I'll just stick this one behind <laughs> yeah, a flower. Yeah, my favourite one's going up. This one's going on a shelf. <laughs> fuck it. I've done so much work all day. I've been walking around this place taking notes on different riddles. I'm just going to put this one on the corner. Okay. Yeah, I really love the one that's just um, on the jetty. It's just like, yeah, I'm just hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's what I've there. He went there for a smoke break and went, fuck it. There we go. <laughs> I like to think it's some sort of like psych out thing that he's doing. That he would want Batman to overthink Ooh. the fact that he's making it too easy. I like yeah. that. He does that though, doesn't he? Like he, he keeps taunting Batman whenever after you've solved a certain amount of puzzles. He's like, oh, they're they're the easy ones. Yeah. He starts getting a bit, a bit narky about like Batman doing a good job, <laughs> even though it's the entire, entire reason he's doing it, so Batman can solve stuff. So, oh, you're solving them, are you? Fucking Billy Big Bollocks. <laughs> well, well, those are all the easy ones. That was a great impression of the Riddler. <laughs> yeah, I, I did. I did audition for, for Harley Quinn. Such a shame that Paul Dano got it instead. Yeah, I'm very upset. Oh, no. And Chip just showed up like sat in a pot. Hey guys, I'm Clayface. Anyway, from the fan casting to something to the actual casting of the game. Segway. Fucking hell, we are good at this now. I just did finger guns at the computer. Oh my god. I feel like we undo that. That we undo the work. We undo the work of the pro segue when we then congratulate ourselves for a solid ninety seconds afterwards. Yeah. I don't give a shit. This is still early days. Like we we just 
you we'll know. take the wins where we we'll get, get them. we'll get tired of being yeah we'll get tired of being good eventually <laughs> again all of that is staying in yes it better had <laughs> so anyway segue i want people i know i'm impressed with myself <laughs> and becky and i guess you guys as well <laughs> Oh, to be an afterthought. <laughs> <laughs> segway. Yeah, how are you going to segue from the segway into the sun? Um, I don't even now. Speaking know. of segways. Sasha, I'm amazed that you managed to wrangle this in our last episode. Hosting is hard work with you guys. It's like wrestling <laughs> jelly. Speaking of wrestling jelly. <laughs> the cast. Um, the cast. <laughs> <laughs> No, I changed my mind. I'm going to cut all that out and just go from Andy going, speaking of wrestling, Jelly. (laughs) I'm fine with that. It wouldn't surprise people, probably. So what are we talking about again? Oh, the cast. Please. Good cast. It's a a very good cast. Best cast. Yes. Cool, well, that's that bit done. <laughs> that was worth all that. Like, oh my God, the segue took longer in the section. Okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, honestly, though, what more can you say? Like, it's, it's the best Batman. It's the best Joker. Like, no it's one's the ever best wrestling jelly. <laughs> it's the best wrestling with jelly. What the fuck is wrestling jelly? Difficult. It's difficult is what it is. <laughs> it's oh, a right. I thought it was like a thing. I thought it was like it's not some... here comes the jelly. <laughs> what? It's the main event of WrestleMania. Oh, God, uh, I'm worried about what's happening. <laughs> I don't even know how to bring this back. <laughs> it's alright. I'll put that sting in right here, and then we'll just go from fresh again. Okay. Don't worry. <laughs> Segway. Can I recover for a minute then? <laughs> Yeah, you can, yeah. (laughs) So speaking of things that are short, the plot. Oh. The plot plot. of the game. Because it is actually quite a simple plot. It's not, it doesn't get in the game's way. It's very, it's very much just a justification for everything that happens. It's one of the problems with the the sequels. They get too involved in the nitty gritty. Whereas Batman Arkham Asylum is very much just, here you are. Here's the end point. Yeah, because when I was trying to write the summary for the beginning of the podcast to just like do a brief plot, I was like, the Joker takes over the asylum and you have to get it back. And that's pretty much it. <laughs> There's like a monster growing serum and that's about yeah. That's about the only thing that runs through the entire thing. Because all all, like, a lot of the characters are kind of connected to that serum. Like Bane is changed by it. Poison Ivy's mad about it. And then weirdly on board with it when her plants go crackers. I personally really think there's a lot to be said for how focused the structure is of this game. Yeah, I, definitely. I I I love the how focused and linear and um, snappy it is because it it really yeah. doesn't when you get to, it doesn't matter how many times I play it when I get to the end of it I'm always like oh man like that went a lot quicker than I thought. Mm every single time and it is just so focused and i think it it does a really really cracking job of taking something that's very well trodden which is batman i mean by that point by the time this game was coming out batman was already well on his way to being incredibly well trodden 
in popular culture and it still felt brand new it feels like it felt like a, a telling on a non-comic media of batman that we'd just not really seen previously and i know that there's a lot of arguments that city is better because it improves on you know the combat and the stealth and basically most of the mechanics but i still prefer this one yeah the, the city star is very busy yeah it's like i prefer the simplicity of asylum a lot more it's quite nice to play something that focused as well and not have to worry about different subplots of things going on because i remember that in city i would get distracted by things going on elsewhere and sort of lose the main thread of the story whereas this one there are no other threads so it's quite nice to just yeah. pummel your way through the plot really yeah it's very propulsive like whereas the uh, city is a little cluttered and night is just downright fucking meandering <laughs> <laughs> so. yes rag on night some more and i don't remember enough about origins to rag on that so <laughs> I had the same with Bash, like, when I replayed it, it kind of almost caught me by surprise. Like, I think what you said as well, Becky, like, you get to a point, you're like, oh my god, I'm here yeah. already? Like, what happened? And I I played it last summer, after I'd finished playing The Witcher 3, so that went from, like, a 250-hour-plus <laughs> game to, like, this really lovely, like, pretty linear eight hours, and it was just such a breath of fresh air. And I know video games are so expensive nowadays, so you kind of want to feel like you get your money's worth. But, you know, you, when you see things like, I think we touched upon this last episode as well, like maps that have so many places to visit, side quests, pickups, secrets, it can get really overwhelming and you kind of lose your place within that story. And it, it waters it down, I think, sometimes. Um, so it's it's just so nice to have a game like this that... Yeah, if you paid, like, you know, what, 70, 80 quid for it now, you'd probably be maybe slightly disappointed at the length. But at the time, and even playing it now, it was just brilliant. I just absolutely loved playing this game. And, yeah, running around trying to find a few of the extra secrets and the trophies. But as a as a narrative and a story, I think it's perfect. I think it's, it, like you say, it doesn't outstay its welcome. It is what it is. It's there. And there's very little wrong with it. Yeah, on the length, like, it's... I mean, it is very short time-wise, but it's a very densely used time. Yes. Like, there's no, there's a lot to do in that short space of time. You're not like, you're not spending a lot of time wandering. Like, if you're playing like an Ubisoft fucking open world game, <laughs> you'd be spending like hours just wandering the map trying to find something to do, and it wouldn't be very, it wouldn't be rewarding when you got there. Arkham Asylum, you walk into a room. There's like a dozen uh, regular things to solve. There's a stealth component or a combat part it's you don't feel like you've wasted your time oh absolutely and there's enough batmaning between you know the the set pieces between the yeah the big the, yeah, the, the, big the beats the you know the story beats you know there's enough time that you can you know flap around if you're me <laughs> um <laughs> through some doors yeah if that's no. if that's your jam test test your knees um do some squats but also recreate a scene from ghost <laughs> It's that thing where it it's quick, but it also it it's so densely packed with things and stuff, and there's like a real whiplash to the tone as well. Like, it, I mean, we've kind of touched on it, but you've got you've got those really creepy, horrible, <laughs> scarecrow type, you know, dream sequences, 
Um, you've got just the outright horror of Killer Croc. And then you've got your more just classic... I think certainly like what early aughts combat games were doing. Although, you know, I think this did the best job of any of them. But, you know, you, your titans and you just you, you beam the people up. And I think that... But there is a lot of tonal whiplash through that fil- through film, through the game. I tell you what, with me, and I spe- every time I have played it, because whenever I play it, I always play it relatively quickly. Not maybe in a weekend, like I did the first time, <laughs> or less than 24 hours, but like pretty quick. Uh, again, when you actually look and go, oh, it's like an eight-hour game, yeah, 24 hours doesn't seem unreasonable, but that was, you know, you know what I mean. Mm. It has, though, that whenever I'm playing it, I'm always like, oh, one more level, one more bit. Like when you get your next thing to do, it's like, oh, I'll just do that bit. It manages to pull all of that off with when you take that step back, the most basic of stories. And I think it's because it showcases all of the best of Batman and of of that kind of game for the time. And on paper, it's a game that doesn't sound like it should work. You know, one of the things we've picked up on all the way through the podcast, the tonal whiplash, how packed it is, you know, the, the different elements of all the different styles of Batman down the years you know it's a real mashup of all of these things and usually they can feel heavy or cluttered or like weirdly self-referential but it just works it just is um and that's quite a feat for a game to pull off yeah it feels like a celebration of Batman rather than just like a lot of fan service yes exactly I mean obviously it is fan service but it feels like it it all but it all fits together nothing stands out like a sore thumb it's it all kind of just blends together perfectly so it just feels like a complete experience Mm. and i reckon as well that it probably you don't see a lot of negativity about it even now and you did it at the time from diehard batman fans to people who had not really had you know aside from glancing at it in pop culture because it very much was a part of pop culture by then and obviously yeah it's like 20 basically 20 years of pop culture at that point yeah like well even like from 60s batman but i think one of the things as well that it seems to have done really well like it has united whatever kind of batman fan you are like whatever however you like your batman it seems to have united that (laughs) (laughs) i just mean like i you genuinely just don't see anyone being like that's not my batman or you know like and maybe it's just because i don't see that but then again a game this old that's still this much very much beloved and and it is featuring a character that obviously has got like coming up to what is it 80 years possibly more now of history and yet people still go back to this game i mean you know when i was doing research for this i was finding articles from like literally just last year people still laying praise on it it really stands the test of time, not just from how it looks, not just from how it plays, but I think because it actually is that penultimate Batman. I think it's the best one. Yeah, I mean, it's, there's a reason why it's like the... It was one of the first games we wanted to cover on this podcast because it's just endured and it hasn't aged a bit. I think it was the first one we mentioned, wasn't it, when we started talking about this? It was like, yeah, we have to cover mm. Arkham Asylum. So yeah. I think it was one of the first, because it's just one of those games that we all love, mm. like, just as much as each other. There's no yeah. There's no one kind of lagging behind, a little less enthusiastic. We were all equally enthusiastic about talking about Arkham Asylum. And, like, when the Avengers came out, people were complaining that it wasn't on the Arkham or Spider-Man level. That's, like, the standard mm. of 
what you want from a superhero game now because before Arkham Asylum we had a lot of very bad Batman games, a lot of very bad superhero games in general and Arkham showed what happens when a developer really cares about the source material and wants to make it work in this new medium. Whereas a lot of other games are just like, oh we've got the Batman license, let's just slap Batman on a side-scrolling platform game or something. This is a game that actually cared about Batman and it resonates and it it just yeah it changed the standards for a superhero game that leads me quite nicely to my next question actually so this is also came from twitter um and this is from red and blue dave he says would you like to see more arkham games in the series or is it done now i mean we're getting gotham knights like next year or something or it might be this year i can't remember time doesn't mean anything anymore but i mean that's from (laughs) uh, warner Bros. montreal so that's kind of like a continuation of what they started with arkham origins but that seems to be like if you want a batman arkham style game that seems to be where to go for that whereas rocksteady are going to be doing um suicide squad kills the justice league which is set in the arkham universe so like they're they're still they're continuing arkham but they're going to do it in a new way so that's what i'd rather have i'd rather because after arkham knight i i don't really i don't see how you can improve on what arkham asylum did without just adding too many things. Like you're putting a hat on a hat on a hat. It's a lot of hats. And I, I feel like they, they, that's a lot of hats. <laughs> or, or a pot that's made out of chip. <laughs> and, a chip pot. Yeah, I, I just, I'd rather they do something. They take, like, that oh, That universe is perfect. I, I want to go back to that universe, but I want to go there in a new way, which is what I'm thinking we're going to get with Suicide Squad. I'm really looking forward to Suicide Squad. It looks a lot of fun. I think I, I, yeah, I think I agree with you, Andy. Like, I would be happy for more adventures in that universe, possibly using some of the characters. Like, I really enjoyed playing as Catwoman in City, and it would be quite fun to have a Catwoman game. Though, hopefully, they can sort out the way her hips move, because no woman's hips move like that on a continuous <laughs> basis. You know, you talk about Batman's knees having arthritis. Like, there's no way that woman's not going to have a hip replacement before she's fifty. <laughs> It's just a, yeah, careless stuff going on. Yeah, just look after your joints, people. But yeah, I think I'd like, I'd love to explore some of the other corners of that universe as Suicide Squad looks to be doing, um, rather than revisit the Arkham games. I think I I can't get in tonight at all. I really enjoyed City. City was the first one I played, so I'll always have a soft spot for that one. But you're just not going to beat it at this stage. So expand rather than retread. Yeah, and and I think as well the other thing within the Gotham universe, there's there's so many interesting characters that you can get behind and do something with. Um, even within the Bat Fam, I would love something that had like that featured the full Bat Fam. Mm. That's kind of what Gotham Knights is going to be doing, taking like well, obviously Batman's not going to be involved, but like all of his the Bat Family are going to be taken over and like teaming up and stuff. But that's not really, that's, I mean, it's going to be sort of like Arkham, but it's going to be more open, hopefully less like Arkham Knight and more like Arkham City. Why is it every new game that comes out, all you hear is open world. <laughs> Everything's going to be more open world. No. Yeah. Give me <laughs> linear. The budgets. Oh God, are you going back to Picketing now? <laughs> yes. Give me, a, give, me. give me a linear story. Give me a nice, snappy 10, 12 hour game. <laughs> that, that has a clear path that I can follow 
<laughs> that I don't have to get lost in <laughs> and just go, I don't know where I am. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know why I'm doing it. <laughs> like, no. This is the second episode in a row where Sasha's gone on a, 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 a rant about open world games. And our, and our, That's going to be a regular feature. And our next episode's about a fucking open world game. Yep. <laughs> Wait till we get to the oh. fourth one. Oh, God. <laughs> what I would like to see, rather than a new game, is I'd like to see DC or Warner Brothers adapt, um, or at least be inspired by the world of Arkham Asylum in terms of their film output. Ooh. I love the Nolan films and the Matt Reeves one looks really interesting as well. Um, but they're really super serious and like grounded in this world. Although to be fair, you know, we don't know for sure that the Reeves film is, but just judging by that little trailer, it's like it seems like it's going to be that super serious grounded in reality kind of Batman as well. Um, so I'd like to see them take that kind of that larger than life approach that Arkham has. Um, where it takes these like comic booky characters and makes them serious, but it has elements of that fantastic as well, um, and it blends those styles. And I think it would work on the big screen. Mm. Like Batman Returns is like very out there when you look back. at Yeah, it. but what's that like ninety one or something? Ninety two. Yeah. Yeah. They they got scared of that after Joel Schumacher, so they stopped <laughs> Which wanting is to go. What big. I was about to say yeah. as well, definitely. I think that kind of like anything that gets away from that reality base is and they they just panic and they think oh my god it's a campy schumacher film that didn't do very well uh so i think they kind of steer away from that but i think if you had the solid writing that they have on asylum i think that would be perfect for the big screen and i'd really like to see them adapt something like that as opposed to a new game yeah that yeah, would be really I agree. Cool. yeah i would just like to state on the record though that i love batman forever just just yeah of yeah, the schumacher ba- batman forever is really <laughs> I'm, good. I'm with you yeah yeah cool Okay, glad we're on the same page there. Yeah, it's like Batman, like the t- first Tim Burton Batman was kind of held back. Then Batman Returns went full Burton. <laughs> same thing with Batman Forever. It's, yeah, it's it's you can see the elements of Schumacher, and then Batman Forever just goes. No, I mean Batman and Robin goes full Schumacher. Full nipples. Oh, that's too much Schumacher. It's way too much Schumacher. I I mean I admire it. R.I.P. It swings for the fences, and then leaves yes. everything behind. <laughs> Cool. Okay, so any final thoughts on Arkham Asylum before we turn to our recommendations for this month? Best Batman. It's a lot better than Batman Arkham Knight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. So stabbing yourself in the eyes. So I'm guessing from this energy that not none of us like Arkham Knight. (laughs) When it doesn't force me into a Tank tank battle, I do like it. But then I hate it, so it's it's all over the place. Yeah, I like the combat in it, but getting to the like, there's a lot of good stuff, but getting there is an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so to finish everything off, then uh, we're going to go around and give our usual game-related recommendations for this month. Um, so I am happy to kick things off. I'm I'm going old school. I'm going to recommend uh, some tabletop RPG stuff. There's a company called Dice Goblin who do really cool dice sets. I bought one for the Strawberry um, set uh, for me because of Strawberry Rampage in our GTA streams, if you've ever seen those. Um, and also bought Chipper set. And they're really nice, really nice guys to deal with as well. They were really friendly. They are at Dice Goblin UK on Instagram and they've got some really cool uh, sets and they're bringing out new ones all the time. So that's my recommendation for this month. Chip, you go next. My recommendation for this month is Batman Arkham Asylum. Oh! We've already covered that, you fool. The comic book. <laughs> Look at his cross-medium. God, what a wanky voice. 
uh yeah it's a comic book that i thought i owned but seemed to have misplaced um i knew it was going to be my recommendation for this because you know on theme but i couldn't actually find my copy so i went out well i didn't go out i stayed in <laughs> and i got the postman to come out and give me a copy <laughs> and i want to recommend that because it's written uh like exactly 10 years before the game came out uh, it's by grant morrison and uh it is it's kind of incredible um it shares very little with the actual game apart from the very very basic premise in that the uh, villains the rogues have taken over Arkham Asylum it does deal with some of the backstory from um, Amadeus Arkham and his how Arkham Asylum was built it has little things like you know when you find the journals uh, the journal entries from um, uh, Amadeus throughout the game and it kind of gives, yeah, there's like backstory there. And it has a picture of the beetle in the comic. The beetles are used as a sign of rebirth. Um, it's a section about that at the beginning. But to be honest, even if you don't like reading, the art by uh, McKean is just incredible. Like every panel is gorgeous. Every page is different because it represents kind of the characters that are on that that screen at that time. And I would highly recommend it. It's It's just fantastic so go out and read that even if you don't like comic books if you just like looking at things go and buy this and look at it or borrow it or borrow it yes <laughs> is that a hint sasha oh i i i am i already am oh <laughs> <Borrow> it. <laughs> i had it in my hands for a day and then it was gone yoink really is that is that how no i was just trying it? to be dramatic oh right okay <laughs> andy what's your recommendation for this month i am recommending Going on Wish.com and searching for video game things. <laughs> because Why? it's fucking mental. <laughs> you go on that, like, you just get, like, about half a dozen switches, which are actually just PSPs painted blue and red, and they've got, like, contain a thousand games, and they're, like, fucking PlayStation games, or you'll get, like, a miniature PlayStation knockoff that has Mario Maker on. They all have Mario Maker on, apparently. <laughs> which they want, but and like fake controllers which probably have like bees inside or something because it's Wish. Oh, Chip, Chip would like I this. feel like you're recommending this because you got burnt recently on Wish. No, I, I don't go on fucking Wish. I just go on it to look at stuff. <laughs> so your recommendation isn't to buy something? No, I don't, just do just not buy anything on fucking Wish. Okay, just look right. at it. <laughs> Good God, please do not buy anything on Wish. Okay, I'll just cancel that order. So my recommendation is a book that I recently got and I'm about halfway through, but it's super interesting anyway. Uh, it's called Reality is Broken, uh, Why Games Make Us Better and How They Can Change the World uh, by Jane McGonigal. And it's, it's, it's nonfiction, surprisingly, <laughs> from the name. It's looking at how, you know, the future is for gamers, basically. Apparently there's more than 31 million people in the UK that game. The average young person spends 10,000 hours gaming by the time they're 21. Oh, I thought you were going to say in a year. And I was like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's me. So Jane, Jane McGonagall is a game designer. And, you know, basically the book is just like trying to challenge how, you know, people look at video games. Video games get a lot of bad press. Um, historically and it sort of it seems to cycle every couple of years where you know it'll be you know video games cause active shooters video games are causing violence blah 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 and i guess what she's trying to pitch is actually 31 million is like almost what half the uk are gaming mm. 
and you know especially with studies starting to be done now on you know the psychology of gaming and how it actively can help with things like anxiety and things like that um calming people down and such yeah it's, it's a really interesting book um and i highly recommend it and i can't believe that i hadn't pre-prepared that before <laughs> no, they no one knows that no one knows that that's all gone that i never said anything it's all gone. I don't, I don't speaking of things you want to borrow though uh, I know you haven't let me enough reading material in the last <laughs> Do you want to borrow um, one? <laughs> yeah, please. Yeah, no, that's fine. Can I dip it after Chip, please? Thank you. Yes, 100%. And I want it after <laughs> Becky. <laughs> right. We will... I will... With the book, we'll go around the FSG. I'd like to agree that. But no, definitely. It's it's a really interesting read. Um, and I'm quite keen to finish it. As Like I say, I'm about two thirds of the way through. But even without finishing it, I still think it's... It's really interesting to read, you know, a really informed perspective as well, because she's a video game designer herself. And it's because it's quite modern. I didn't realise quite the extent of how big gaming was. And I suppose it's because a thing I don't always take into account is like mobile gaming Hmm. and stuff. Yeah. But it still is a totally valid form of gaming. 100%. So that is my recommendation. Cool. Brilliant. (laughs) Very smooth. Loved it. Thank you. Okay, well, I think that's all from us this month, isn't it? I think so. You got a lot from us this month, a lot. A lot. Probably some of it you didn't want as well. So any Ghost fans, we're sorry. (laughs) All quality stuff. (laughs) Thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, Please like, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. We are on all podcast platforms now, I believe. Chip? Yes. Yes, you didn't sound sure. (laughs) Yes? No. no. All the good ones, yeah, all anyway. The good ones. <laughs> if we're on it, it's a good one. So thanks for listening, everyone. We'll be back next month when Chip is hosting and we'll be talking about Spider-Man. So that's exciting. Woo. You can find us on Twitter as well at OneUpPod, which is one upp odd as we have now come to know it. Sorry about that. One-U-P-P-Odd. Oh, <laughs> so please come follow us there. Uh, we're constantly posting things for people to look at some of it very silly some of it serious um you can ask us questions you might get answers on the podcast who knows um and thank you to everyone who asked us questions for this episode it really helped and it was really fun to answer so thank you okay everyone plug your social medias uh i am bash at demon head on twitter on twitch and basically anywhere else you probably find social media or gaming media I am the Chip Thompson on Twitter, and you can find me on Twitch uh, at Chip Thompson's Thumbs. And I'm not going to give you my address, so that's it for me. <laughs> um, you can find me at Truly Underscore Defective on most social medias. I think. Do you think? Or yes, do you know? most. I don't use most of them. I just use Twitter. Just follow me on Twitter. That's where all the good <laughs> stuff is. And I'm at Becky Gracely on Twitter. Uh, you can find me on Instagram as well. But for now, get a life. Play video games. Mm-hmm.